0: Is it too nerdy to say that I get goosebumps every time De Niro's intro plays? I mean, my God, this actually seems like a legit Xbox podcast. Hey, folks, welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor podcast, and we have one hell of a show for you today you're gonna get to see some titanfall 2 footage i just can't stop playing it and more importantly recording it and of course on the back end my other favorite game of 2020 that that has become my favorite game of 2021 that is dirt 5 and if you don't like that well i mean listen what can i tell you tune tune in somewhere else but listen folks i want to thank everybody for being here we have an amazing show ready for you the panel is almost uh almost in full strength um Boxer bear or AKA Archimedes. He is still down from the count. He is still fighting COVID he's better, but he's not ready to run a marathon. Hopefully fingers crossed we can get him back next week or the week after but he is obviously his chair is never going to be filled unless his ass is sitting in that seat <laughs> because we love boxer bear but let's let's introduce our special guest now yesterday i had the extreme pleasure of sitting down with n64 josh and for his new xbox show which of course i have to pimp because i think it's a great program and i want to get him to talk about it josh welcome back man this is your second time with us and uh yesterday we hung out and it was an amazing episode it it was such a great
1: time thank you so much for uh, uh for hanging out with me yesterday and chatting and it was i mean it was really just a fun show but kind of getting to know you a little bit getting some of your history and then uh and then of course uh-oh. we we jumped into uh
0: did uh, i f- uh
1: oh are we are we good
2: I think there's technical difficulties. I think Boom may have may have lagged out. Continue, okay. Josh. I Don't worry. Continue. I'll I'll run there the show go. for, for yeah, the time being.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, Boom and I jumped into a number of different uh, number of different topics. Um, the, the 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 FPS boost and what what that means for you know kind of making making old games feel new again and um, also just learning about his his history a little bit. So it was uh, it was awesome. a really good time.
0: Yeah, it was great. Uh, I had a momentarily lapse uh, here. I don't know what's going on with my interwebs. I had reset it. Uh, Joe, if I happen to go down, because yeah. for some reason they must be doing work on, on the wires here, you obviously will run the show till I get back, but we're going gotcha. to keep going to where we're going. I definitely appreciate it. Joe, speaking of which, we have to talk about you for a second. Yeah. Um, because not only are you an important part of this show, but you did something yesterday that we have to talk about. Now, granted, this is an xbox show but when something big like this regardless of platform you got to talk about it you had to you had a chance to sit down with greg a baker's dozen miller from (laughs) kind of funny and you got him for an hour you and kyle got to interview him talk about that for a second and then obviously what, what else has been going on with you a surreal moment uh like you know it's it's really it's really strange
2: having to have the person that inspired you to start doing that thing in the same room with you. Uh, That's how it really, it it really was. And um, I'm lucky that I had my, my stuff together for the most part uh, throughout that episode. And uh, it's something really special because that show, our show is really, it it came with, uh, with when PS I love you, you know, went off the air originally yes and that's why our show is a thing so it's so it, it's so weird and humbling and just all different types of feelings but I think the the highlight of it is seeing so many people root for us so many people congratulate us so many people already downloading it having a good time with it and um yeah surreal it still is really surreal that said though other big news look what I got
0: I got over there. Mass Effect helmet came in yesterday. Good for you. You it know is what? Is good on you because I got an email nervous. from them. Yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, I got an email. I was distraught uh, because <sighs> I didn't get into the first wave, and they didn't tell me that. They said wave two coming in June. No. Yeah. So I, I reached out to uh, their PR department, and I paid for it like everybody else. I it was like, oh well, you know, you we didn't expect so many sales, and you got into yeah. wave two. We're very sorry. You're sorry, but We're that's not taking you- care. Of. You they know. didn't tell you it'd be in waves. So no, they—they they actually didn't. Uh, when mm. I when I pre-ordered, it, it said it, it's coming when it's coming, and mm. you know what? Here we are. But it's okay, folks. I'm still getting my Mass Effect helmet, and uh, when that day happens, we're wearing it on the show. Oh, 100%. Like, if I'd have been wearing it today. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, obviously I can't. But let's continue with the introductions. 3-Bit, welcome back to the show, brother. You've been busy as heck, no doubt about that. But we're glad to have you here. You're going to be talking about some pretty big topics within the Xbox industry. How the heck are you feeling?
3: Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's good to see Josh on here. I, I, just, I was playing with him uh, <laughs> on Outriders a few weeks ago, I think. That was pretty fun. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back. Um, I am extremely busy these days, but I will be sharing a lot of work on uh, the next few weeks. So that's going to be really fun. Um, but yeah, these, these topics are great. Let's, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here, brother. And last and no way least, uh, this is the gentleman that not only powers this show with intelligence, but it powers it with the, his incredible vocabulary that he brings each and every week. VJ, welcome to the party, brother. Uh,
4: morning, sir. I'm good, and uh, and I hope uh, everyone on the on the panel and the chat is also doing fine and dandy, and uh, I'll have to echo um, three bit sentiment that the topics look uh, fantastic today, so I'm really looking forward to getting into them.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, this 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 was a this was a pretty uh, incredible week for Xbox news. Not such a good news week for PlayStation, and we're going to get into that on Monday's uh, new primetime gaming. And we're actually going to uh, have with us to discuss what's going on on the side of PlayStation is uh, going to be Joe. Developer of Song of Iron, he's going to be joining us, and we have a lot to get into regarding Sony and what's been going on with the Apple versus Epic. You know, lots of you know leaked and secret documents have now been made public, and wow, man, Sony is been painted as the real villain here. Um, but we'll, we're not going to get into that. What we are going to get into is one of those leaked documents that came out earlier this week. And it, you know, with that leaked document, what we what we wind up getting, right, is some information on what Microsoft might, in fact, be doing. And what I'm talking about, well, as you know, at the Epic Store, uh, did something very drastic to pull sales away from Steam. And what they did is instead of taking 30 percent cut, which is the normal standard fare for you know publishers uh, and developers they dropped it down to 12%. Well, new documentation suggests that Microsoft will ha- will be doing this for the console store. Now, I have to I have to just say this up front so we understand we're all on the same page. A spokesperson from Microsoft said this in a statement issued to The Verge. And this is what they had to say. We have no plans to change the revenue share for console games at this time, end quote. But this is where it gets important. Like, I'm I'm a big guy of saying when the cat's out of the bag, well, it's out of the bag. And I'm going to say this. If Microsoft, who currently takes 30% from publishers and developers to put their games onto the Xbox Store, or, of course, through the Windows Store on PC. And they take uh, only 12%. This is going to be one of the most monumental console decisions in the history of gaming. You know, we always talk about how big Bethesda was. That purchase of $7.5 billion. Um, How big Game Pass has been to the industry in itself. More specifically for the Xbox community. But this is on another level. Joe, I have to immediately go to you because as a, as a representative of the PlayStation Nation, we understand that it's a business. It's a business for Nintendo. It's a business for Sony. It's a business for Microsoft. But this particular instance, even though they the, the you know, the spokesperson quote unquote said, not at this time. It almost seems as if the cat was let out of the bag and they didn't want anyone to know, like this was going to be like a big E3 surprise announcement or a GDC announcement, or one of the big shows where there are developers, there are saying, Hey, listen, you know moving forward you were only taking 12% you guys get 18 more cent, 18 more percent in your in your bank account so i kind of mm. want to just walk down speculation town which is currently 70 and sunny right now and there are unicorns <laughs> and there are rainbows so oh, it's a, it, it's a it's a, it's it's a, it's a perfect scenario yeah yeah my question to you is does this paint sony into a corner if they do this no no, I
2: think what you're seeing in that move is more for Microsoft to make developers kind of come to their platform. You know, it was, what was it, last Friday numbers were re- released at, you know, the PlayStation 4, that platform sold more games than any other platform. Yes, sir. Ever, yep. Right, including the PS uh PS2, which was the highest at the time. So Sony's in a really good position marketplace-wise. And, you know, a lot of indies go over there because they are the market leader and because their audience goes over there and purchases those games. Not necessarily because it's the best platform, it's just the most people are there. So, you know, what Microsoft is doing is saying, hey, listen, we might have a smaller market share than PlayStation, but we're going to give you a larger cut for being on this store or for picking our platform. So it really is a way to speak to uh, developers of all sizes, but mostly indies to say, hey, listen, come over here, ID at Xbox, the whole big shebang, you know, we'll give you that marketing deal, we'll give you, uh, you know, spotlight. And at the same exact time, we'll also give you a a bigger cut because I think that's what uh, Microsoft's big push i think wants to be is they see the success from indies with uh nintendo and on pc and on playstation and i think they want a bigger penetration into that market when it comes to xbox and i think that's what this does as well so i don't think it's like necessarily like you know looking at playstation going see they're not doing it it's hey they're not doing it we'll give you more monies. So I, yeah, I, I, think I, I absolutely
0: agree with that. I, yeah. I think that when you're trying to, and, and really, you know, we always talk about Phil Spencer's plan, Joe, like you and I, we sit here privately in the green room and we talk about things that just, we don't talk about live on the air because, you know, sometimes it's relevant sometimes It's not, but the, the, the Phil Spencer plan that started when he became, when he got that second promotion where he sits on the right, 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 right hand of God, meaning of course, Satya Nadala, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, he when he got that position it appears that all of these plans are what saved um um you know xbox and microsoft to keep this to keep this show running and this was apparently part of the plan and and one of the biggest things for them is of course game pass and Mm. how do you get incredible amounts of software in there you tell your your developers especially your indie community hey listen We know it's tough out there. 30% is a lot. We are willing to take only 12%, but you got to put your stuff here. That certainly will get a lot of firsts, maybe not exclusives, because that's not even what they're looking for. They're not looking for exclusives per se. They just want games in their service. And if they can offer an 18% discount, as opposed to a Nintendo or a Sony, they are going to get those games and they're going to get them in an abundance. Mm Mm-hmm that's exactly it and i and i think that's they, they again
2: that i think microsoft wants a hades you know they they oh, want those, those yeah indies, absolutely man. it's who, not who doesn't just want about hades? the ascent yeah i mean true but right. like yeah it's it, you know i think it makes i think it makes perfect sense for microsoft it makes them come off progressive and that's what you want you want yes a company that's forward-thinking you
0: know? yeah yeah no, absolutely. Good stuff as always. Josh, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Obviously, Microsoft is not only uh, have, has been in the uh, the talk of the town in a good way for, for quite some time. The media has definitely turned a corner with how they talk about and cover Microsoft. And I think that at some point it's hard to deny what they've been up to but this story even though like i said it got poo-pooed by a you know a nameless representative of microsoft which of course we don't you know look i'll say this it's an it's information that they didn't want out and it got out because of this you know these leaked documents or they're not really leaked they're just they're they're now they're public knowledge and this is something that they were probably looking to save as a surprise where do you fall on microsoft Offering an eighteen percent difference, in considered to be a discount to other platforms like Sony's PlayStation uh, or PSN or the Nintendo uh, Online. I mean, do, do you do you feel that they're going to see an abundance of, especially the indie community, want to go there first? You, I mean, you would think that would be the case, right? And Nintendo has definitely shown that uh,
1: that that indies can can play a significant role in the success of your, uh, of your, your ecosystem. You know, they, I, I mean, I've been a switch guy for the last four years. Like I basically played it exclusively and it didn't matter where the Indies dropped. I wanted to play them on switch, right? That has changed for me now. And knowing that the devs behind those games are going to see a bigger cut that, that, that warms my heart, honestly, because, the people that are providing that entertainment i want to see them as successful as possible right i want i want them to be able to make that next game and i think it's also enticing if they end up having a game that has some kind of dlc or something like that they're going to see that bigger cut they'd probably want to purchase it on on the xbox and be playing you know be playing on the xbox and that's that that's a win for for microsoft
0: yeah, it absolutely is. And, and again, you know, because they're looking to, to you know, have some as I, I think what they're trying to do, because I, I did the count this morning before we went live. I said, let me let me take a look and see exactly how many games are currently on Xbox Game Pass. 385 games. That includes, of course, the games that are in EA Play. So for fifteen dollars a month, you are getting um, first-party day and date, you are also getting 385-plus um, games because they advertise it as 100. Play the best 100 games, and they're almost quadrupled that amount in there. And they do that to, uh, you know, they have been doing that to get people to look at the, at the service and say, wow, we're really doing something special here. I have to get involved. I have to be a part of this because they're offering so much value proposition especially during a pandemic is is worth its weight in gold Um, three bit. Let's get your opinion on this. You know, obviously, you know, you're working for some pretty big companies behind the scene, but in by yourself independently, you would consider yourself an indie, especially in the art world, because obviously, you know, you do different things outside of working for some of these companies. Where do you fall and Microsoft potentially offering, and again I use the word potentially because they poo pooed this a little bit, offering indie developers an additional eighteen percent more take home. I think that's a really big deal, and it's going to push people towards the uh, towards the, the you know the the service.
3: Yeah, I think this is definitely industry changing, and just another one of those things that. That entices developers to develop more titles for the Xbox, um, like Mr. badwood was saying. It's, it, or maybe it was you. I, um, I don't think um, this guarantees more exclusives, right? But this does like entice developers for sure. And according to those leaked documents, he, um. I, I I forgot who it was but um you have emails between Epic and Sony and where Epic pretty much had to beg Sony to activate crossplay and Sony's response was it wasn't really worth it money wise
0: right it wasn't they have paid Sony- them. They're, they're the only they're the only publisher that's being paid for crossplay that's that's a fact again we're going to get into that in real yeah. specific detail on Monday because it makes it really does paint Sony as as a villain in, in my opinion I understand it's a business but man it, it's pretty crazy
3: yeah, and it wasn't really till uh, Sony took a cut, a, a percentage of game sales, in which they decided to activate crossplay. And that's pretty much all I was going to say, but that that stuff starts to add up for developers, and thirty percent is the, uh, I would say the the default across the three different platforms, unless I'm mistaken, in which you um, have to add the additional percentage cost of those added crossplay features to to be on that service. So essentially, that stuff. It adds up. And not only is it um, that they're adding value for the uh, consumer with services like Game Pass, they're adding value to entice the developers as well with this. So yeah, this is big for both indie and AAA studios who are thinking about making deals for exclusive um, things with Sony. And this will be in the back of their mind. (laughs) I would think like, oh, wow, it's, it's really cheap over there to put my game on that. On that platform um but sony does have the overall bigger market so that they do yes um for for consoles so this is just microsoft's way of competing and and incentivizing
2: developers question for you three bit since you're a developer and and whatnot um do you think this move would would i mean it's not in stone yet right do you think moves Mm -hmm. like this like the you know not charging for crossplay possible 12% cut uh would this happen if microsoft was on top if they were the market leader do you think that it would Probably be not mm. <laughs> well, but huh. but i don't
3: know i think phil um he's very um he's different <laughs> he, yeah he's he's definitely he does not think um like a uh, normal <laughs> i guess xbox head would think like as we've seen in the past right like his vision for what xbox is 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 definitely um forward thinking like i don't, I don't think like the the basis of what xbox or, or the industry was in the past was that you need exclusives and they need to be on my platform in order for you to compete and that's what, mm-hmm. where where sony is still thinking mm-hmm. um where they're starting to to go in the route of pc though yeah. Um where now Microsoft is introducing this thing like, hey, <laughs> um, we are a platform. You can experience things on the Xbox or the PC. Um, so it, it's he, he's introducing a new mindset for gamers. And at first it seemed like a lot of gamers didn't understand it and sort of rejected the idea. Mm. Um but now it's just like it's, you know, it's the thing you expect Xbox and PC day one for their for their titles. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's not it's not exactly um, uh, I don't know. I, I really respect Phil because I, I think that that's really uh forward thinking like if I were to make that decision back then, I'm like, no, that's how you compete too. I would probably think the same thing as Sony, yeah. <laughs> um, just because it was normal uh, for 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 de- developers and, and gamers back then. But um, now it's now it's Xbox PC, and now yeah. everyone can play, and that's 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 awesome. But yeah, I think this whole thing does um, it it basically brings to mind for, for developers like, hey, we could actually make a bigger cut on the Xbox. Uh, so it's not going to um it might um help with like exclusive deals, like maybe Epic or, or someone's going to make a deal with Sony uh, mm-hmm. for exclusive DLC or something. But then they're like, um, but we could recoup those costs on the Xbox because it's actually cheaper to put my game on mm-hmm. there. So it does create that mind game at the same time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we'll see
0: yeah, yeah. Awesome. interesting uh vj let's let's get your opinion on this obviously if you're new to the program of course i want to uh, encourage you to hit the subscribe button of course if you're here and you're already enjoying the 20 plus minutes of banter uh, that we've been doing, uh, that you hit the like button early and often. Uh, I wish that people can hit it twice because obviously there is an algorithm that I'll never figure out. But we'd like to, you know, get people, more people, to not only subscribe to Double Barrel Gaming, but we also like to get more people to check out this show. Now, VJ, I want to go to you next because if you don't know who VJ is, besides being a very elegant and well-spoken human being, probably the smartest guy on the panel, no doubt about that, he is been in the business from both sides of the coin, and I'm talking about as a developer and as a retail uh manager in the business uh you know i, I i'm very interested to get your opinion on this vj mm-hmm. because when you talk about you know when you say three percent you're like eh whatever five eh, percent you kind of shrug your shoulders but when you tell a an indie developer yeah. who is has 14 people on their staff and still have to worry about health insurance, making sure people can you know pay their rents and their mortgages. And you tell them, hey, listen, we will give you 18 more percent of take home instead of the 30 percent that you're paying over there. Yeah. You only have to pay 12 percent over here. What do you think? I mean, um, I, I, what what is going to happen to those developers? Do you think that if this does happen again, folks, it has not happened yet? So we're talking a lot of hypotheticals here. But again, the cat is out the bag. Where do you think people are going to want to put their um their their software? Um, it seems
4: apparent that I know you asked a few questions there, Boom. So I'll, I'll try to tackle them in some sort of order. Um, I think it's uh, obviously apparent that Microsoft are following in the steps of Epic, but taking a larger stride in terms of reducing the distribution fees even further. I'm not well-versed on the PC side of things, so I'll, I'll do my best and obviously fact-check everything everything I'm saying. But I guess the question that most are probably asking, will Steam or Epic react, or a better question is, do they even care? And another question that came to my mind is, why has Microsoft taken the plunge now? And, and why did Epic initially take the seemingly sort of messianic, um, do right by developers step themselves. Um, for Epic, uh, for the moment at least, it's perhaps to arrest uh, Apple and, and others, I suppose, in their attempts to sort of level accusations of, uh, I don't know, hypocrisy at Epic during this sort of very public legal legal squabble with, with Apple and, and whatnot. Um, I don't clearly know the economics of the situation, but when looking at epic and uh from their perspective and uh, they're looking at the the licensing revenues that say unreal engine was generating which is what about five percent of gross revenue of every dollar uh, when one million dollars in revenue is achieved and again check that but epic would have looked over at steam right with envy knowing that they've missed a the trick right because Right under their noses, there's a simple but smart opportunistic distributor, albeit that they do make some games and IPs and, and themselves, but they're generating almost, I think it's what, six times more revenue on the back of games built in many cases on, on, on the back of sort of Epic's Unreal Engine 5 tech, right? And and you only have to look at Steam. I think their recent numbers were something like they have like 75% of global market share when it comes to the sale and distribution of PC games. And that in turn has allowed them to generate more than 65 million active daily users. And that number is rising. And we've talked about Steam, right, and Xbox getting together and so on and so forth and, and why it does and doesn't make sense. But if you look at the trajectory of Steam's revenue growth and taking into account their last published publicized results I think was a few years ago and, and this is a best guess on my part, but you have to suggest that the last few years uh, in terms of revenue growth, they must be somewhere between 12 and 14 billion dollars. And, and, and let's be clear on, on, in terms of publishers, major publishers do already for all intent and purposes have and forevermore enjoyed preferential retrospective revenue share splits or, or tiered royalty rate systems from platform uh, uh, from platform holders like Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft, as well as distribution service holders such as Epic, what Epic now Steam historically, and, and I think Gog and Stadia to a degree. And um, and to sort of illustrate my point, Valve already have I think um, is a is a sort of pre- certain preset or pre-agreed revenue goal post system whereby Valve will take. Uh, up to reduced twenty percent right of um, of, um, of of a, of a, of a distribution fee right once you hit certain certain measures right or metrics and obviously that comes down to how successful your game is and uh, I do know that sony's is definitely retrospective, but epic on the other hand, have gone a step further right and removed any goalposts and barriers for all the small developers out there or of which they I think, as um, Josh said quite eloquently, right, that there are so many now, right, and uh, he'd like to see them have um, a lot more reward from terms of the work and effort they put in over a number of years, and they've simply said, look, it's 18% flat free, uh, there's no ju- hurdle jumping or overcoming insurmountable barriers, um, and so on and so forth, and, and, as, again, as Josh just said, i uh, sorry I missed what Mr. Badbit said. I was off feeding the cat. Um, this definitely serves smaller devs. Therefore, all small developers can enjoy the benefits. Larger publishers, to a degree, already enjoyed and have done for some time. It's just not publicized, right? Maybe those docs need to be leaked by Boom. I don't know, but but at the end of the day, it's a living playing field, a, a level playing field for uh, for for everybody. But however, Epic. Um, went about leveraging this, I think, first and foremost for positive PR purposes as well as looking at the the amount of business that that Steam were uh, building on the back of something that they had built and Unity had built and and so on and so forth. I said Epic, the seemingly sort of messianic saviour, but Note that as far as I can tell, Epic still earn an additional five percent from Unreal Engine based uh, games. Yes, right, yes. Taking their mm-hmm. percentage to around play, be maybe circa twenty three percent give or take. So <laughs> I've got no issues with that. But it's it's good to know, right? But the turn of phrase, the top and tail of it, comes to mind. It's smart, and, and that's fine. But and now you we go back to uh, what the main top point of the topic was from for, was was Microsoft, right? Who typically allow and observe other industries to to flourish and ripen before stepping into that arena because they're just not interested in in, in doing things at uh, at the low end uh, of the the business right that's just not the makeup of, of their company and as far as i can tell they have a very little market share of the pc gaming distribution market and if their market share is in fact in the single single digit lane then they obviously want a slice of the huge pie. Steam, Epic, and I think I mentioned Gog and Stadia uh, that are seemingly for sort of filling their boots with. For, for Microsoft, a 30% distribution fee for of not much of, of, of the pie, shall we say, isn't as lucrative as 12% of a potential 10 or 20 billion dollar industry, especially if there is, if especially if it's sort of um, how can I put it? Not their really their true end game. And what Epic and Microsoft are, are really intent on doing is to disrupt the market. And increase the, the user uh, increase their user base count. If indeed we could, we believe right that uh, Steam has 120 million monthly active users and uh, and uh, and 65 million daily active users right and because I don't know those are reported numbers I don't know if they're accurate but they have obviously probably got to be somewhere around there. So as a layman I would think that Microsoft strategy is to be relevant everywhere this time around and that's sort of speaking to what Three Bit was 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 talking about in terms of Phil not being you know the traditional CEO of a, of a gaming division, right? And for him, it's bringing more PC-based com- customers into the sort of Microsoft ecosystem, and and do everything that they do, uh, every sort everything that they can to retain these clients, to consumers by selling them games first and foremost. <clears throat> with the ultimate goal, uh, I think, as you just mentioned, boom. Uh, I think uh, when you were talking to, to to Mr. Badbit, is the ultimate goal is to use this model as a Trojan horse to get you to subscribe to Game Pass, but and. I guess the question is why do gamers care? The retail price is the retail price no matter where you prefer to shop for your game. And I would say a percentage of PC gamers won't care as they will continue to purchase the games where and where they prefer to do so. But to Josh's point, for the remainder that do care, will at least want to purchase games where it benefits the developer. And Microsoft will grow and build um, on the back of that with other initiatives, right? And everything, for me right now, for Phil, what he's doing this early on the generation is a means to an end for Microsoft. The end game is users and subscribers, and that means more feasible cash flow and an overall predictable and self-sustaining business model, which everybody loves, right, especially if you're in business, and especially if you're a shareholder. So for the moment, at least, it's mm, for Phil and Xbox. You can see how they're going about their business. We talk about it week in, week out for you, Boom, it's a daily daily thing, right? So basically there's no stone being left unturned when it comes to Microsoft and Xbox's gaming business goals. Will it happen in terms of console uh, uh, platform holder fees? All three console platform holders have reasonable retrospective royalty tier systems which reward well-performing games. But that perhaps recently uh, that's changed, I don't know. And perhaps with the amount of, is it, what two thousand games in the last several years from indie developers? That perhaps it is time for change, Um but for digitally sold games as well, thirty uh, percent, you know, which we talk about, is the what well, I will say it like this: it's it's the boilerplate entry level distribution fee number attached attached to the front door, which can can be bettered through performance unless you're apple and you just don't care for the moment at least right right and and at the end of the day it all depends on microsoft and if the business metrics um or the analytics that they're working on in the background and obviously that's how these documents come about right because there's tons of that stuff going on in the background i mean microsoft spend what 25 billion on r d right which a lot of it doesn't see see the light of day but they have to right they're pushing the industry and the world forward but if it makes sense in reducing fees to entice more publishers to place game or, or developers to place games in Game Pass on day of release, we just don't have the data to really prove or disprove this fact. And Microsoft will have it to a degree. And, and obviously, we know that they have the deep pockets to support it with the caveat, you know, in small print on the bottom of all licensing agreements, right, or distribution agreements, term, terms and conditions are subject to change without prior notice if things don't quite go according to plan. But that's that's everything
0: I've got to say on it anyway. No, good stuff as always. Listen, folks, again, this is, a hy- this is a very big hypothetical, but the documents are out there. I've seen them personally. They were put out there by numerous uh, uh, publications, <clears throat> and Microsoft did pull back on it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to come true. I think it's a part of their plan. I think that overall we're going to see this announcement. I thought that maybe this is, a, like I said, this is a kind of a GDC kind of announcement you find out and you read about, and, and the developer of community is there, and they're like, wow, this is fantastic because, you know, we're going to get more money. And at the end of the day, money is what talks and Microsoft is looking um, really like the, uh, the superhero to, to the, the, you know, to the, not, not just the industry, but especially the smaller um, uh, developers who only have so much money, money to put these games out there. But no one, I wanna definitely move on to the next topic. But before I do, I have to catch up some of the super chats that have come in. We have, I think two of them that have come in so far. Let's see if I can, yeah. The first one of the day comes to us from Sikyo Yumi. Thank you so much for the $2 super chat. And they say, 18 exclusive games were redacted on the Xbox documents in court. I did not know that. Uh, And that's a big deal because that's 18 exclusives. Now, whether that's single A, double A, triple A, or even indie, we're not going to know. But that is a lot of titles. I definitely have to look into that. And we had another Super Chat just come in from, let me see, where is it? Here it is. Uh, Lady Foxfire. Hey, darling, hopefully you are well during this crazy time in the world. She drops an outstanding five hours of says thank you boom and panel for the great news opinions and content i truly appreciate it even if i can't catch it live all the time hit that like button chat well thank you so much lady foxfire and we definitely got to get you back on the show you've been on here several times we miss you you always bring a lot of good conversation whenever you're on so let's see if we can make, make that happen but i definitely want to get on to topic number two and uh listen folks um let me see that. We okay. We're going to skip that one. Okay, I have. We have to talk about this, Joe. You're going to be the lead on this conversation. Um, court, more court documents, of course, reveal that yeah. Xbox's internal review mm-hmm. of Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Two uh, yeah. was a real eye opener, Joe. Yeah. Um, and, and what's important here? What's important here? And mm-hmm. I think it, it needs to be said is that. By Microsoft doing this, it proves that they know exactly how Sony delivers their games and they want to make AAA experiences like The Last of Us Two, like yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, like yeah. God of War. So let me get let me let me just get read some of this review, Joan. I'm sure. gonna get your opinion on this. The Xbox review states, or at least part of the review states. It sets a new bar on what we should hope to be able to achieve going into the next generation of consoles. That quote, folks, is coming directly from Microsoft, but it continues. And it says this. The Last of Us Part 2 is an exceedingly rare video game where what it accomplishes in moving forward the art of narrative storytelling in video games as a medium ultimately outweighs whether or not uh, everyone likes it or even everyone has fun playing it. That said, we loved it. We uh, we had a great time playing it and found ourselves still thinking about its characters and stories even after Finishing the playthrough, the internal appraisal reserved its strongest praise for The Last of Us 2's visuals and narrative. So here are a couple more quotes, Joe. Mm. The visual quality and attention to detail in The Last of Us Part 2 is absolutely best in class in basically every Area and the overall presentation is significantly ahead of anything that other teams have been producing on consoles and PC. The review reads one last quote We were frequently stunned by the quality of the game's visuals, something that sadly seldom happens these days. It's even more impressive, considering that the game features two separate playable characters with different groups of allies in different locations, along with flashback sequences taking place years before. Now, Joe, you yeah. I, I need you to attack this from two angles. Sure. Okay, as a Sony fan... the the writing is on the wall but as an xbox fan hearing what the internal review and mind you this isn't just some random tom dick and joe this is people that work in a department that review other games and try to make xbox games look and play as good and that's why i think games like perfect dark games like fable games like um um, you pick whatever new game avowed sure. or even ninja theories hellblade are mm-hmm. going to look and play potentially very similar to what you see on the sony side because that is what they reviewed the, that's in this review that's what they say sure. they want to give joe what are your thoughts on this it's crazy to see what's coming out of in Apple lawsuit, man. It's
2: it's getting wild. Even like the emails between like Phil Spencer and like you know uh, Tim Sweeney of like yeah, it's funny. Get They're actually involved. funny. <laughs> um, it's like it's embarrassing for everyone. Like every single company that is trying to redact as many things as possible, the things that are getting out there, it's wild and it's really typically not the best look for anyone. Uh, when I take a look at this review thing that they do. Um, I'm not, I'm not particularly like blown away by any of the details because this is something that happens in not just video games, but like anywhere. Ford does it to Chevy.
0: <laughs> Chevy does it to Toyota. Toyota does exactly. it to, to Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: it's kind of an in, internal reviews. Uh, one, one great example is like Apple does it with Samsung. Samsung does it with Apple, Android, all those things. It's an internal reviews that are strictly like, what the hell is our competition doing that we're not doing? Or what is our competition doing that or not doing that we're doing? Um, so like this, this review <laughs> It seems like someone at Microsoft really liked the game. I <laughs> think it's funny. I don't know why. But um it, it also goes to show that um, you know, yeah, Microsoft knows what what's up. They they're they're trying to understand what works for Sony and what may work for them. And when we were talking on the trophy room last night, um, you know, Greg made a really great point of, you know. When it comes to uh, Sony games, we know what those games are going to be, and genuinely the quality is going to be pretty damn good. Yes. Right? We're expecting mm-hmm. a really great game. So when the game comes out and it's great, it's not really that much of a big deal as it once was, um, whereas all Microsoft needs to start doing now, they, they got the pieces in a, in a row here, is start delivering those games. And I think that's going to be a bigger deal as time goes on, because we're not accustomed to Microsoft pulling out the level of content that their competition has. Let's just be honest with each other, right? Halo doesn't pull the the, the, the blockbuster numbers as it once did, nor the critical reception it once did. I love Halo. It doesn't take away from the fact that I love Halo, but it, it is what it is. And this is them saying, okay, so this is what our competition's doing. So let's see how we can have our teams. What teams can best tackle it? And I think what you said perfectly is like you got games out there like Perfect Dark, like you know Sandy Saga, really going out there and trying to push those technical barriers. Like real talk, do you, do you think? And a question for anyone, anyone can answer it if you like. Like Senio Saga, when you talk, took a look at that trailer, maybe a response to what playstation has done with the with the playstation 4's hardware in terms of games like last of us part 2 where it's just like oh shit this game is beautiful it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. same thing goes with this i'm sorry for Chris. so no. like you know for 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 that it's you know it, it, it's really them trying to be brutally honest we oftentimes as fans try to defend these companies when oftentimes these companies are their own harshest critics and it's awesome to see that they went out there and said you know what this game really good and i think i think we can do it too so though i'm not like surprised that they did an internal review um i really hope that it takes they take those things into consideration when going into those single player experiences that they want to deliver so yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got for you. And again, <laughs> I wonder if it was like, Phil, who's,
0: who's doing the review? Cause that was really glowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, look, I'll put it this way. You know, yeah. I, I, it's, it, it's great to see that they not only have an internal review process, oh, absolutely. which I think we, we, we kind of knew that all these companies do, but now we have it officially on paper that they do. What's mm-hmm. interesting is their 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 uh, entire breakdown of the last of us two and and basically saying in a nutshell that that is what they want to bring to their Xbox customers with their uh, IPS. I think that in itself is ultra important. Yeah, it really yeah. does put it does it really does put Microsoft in a in a light that may because there's, there's been people to ask, well, why why don't we? Xbox players get that kind of content. Now, granted, we have. You can say whatever you want about Quantum Break. It was too much storytelling. It was only 720p. I freaking loved that game so much. I got 1,000 out of 1,000 achievements, and that wasn't easy, okay? Mm -hmm. That game was awesome. Um, Alan Wake, okay, yeah, sure, it was 360, 360. I loved Alan Wake. Those, those You know, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I was playing on Tuesday's Xbox Factor podcast. You got a chance to see Rise, Son of Rome, which still looks incredible. And it does look like a Sony game, to be honest. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Josh, let's get your opinion on this. You know, this this was, a, I mean, when I was reading it, and there's a lot more here, Um let me just read an uh, another uh, excerpt from it, Josh, and I'm going to get your opinion on it. The, uh, the verdict goes on to highlight the game's narrative-driven walking simulator chapters. Now, it says this. While these may not be what many gamers are expecting, they are exceptionally well done and really show what other games, especially pure narrative adventure games, should be aspiring to accomplish with their character dialogue, presentation, and voice acting. And the last quote, Josh, is that it says this, that the player doesn't, doesn't have the ability to greatly influence or determine the outcome of the narrative, but, but might prove um, to, uh, to be important to many players. However, we would argue that not every video game must be about a player you uh, using role-playing role with their character's story. So, I mean, Josh, hearing these glowing reviews, you know, this is, this is, again, this is Microsoft's internal review process. I'm excited that they're doing this because what I think is going to happen is, as Xbox fans, the games that we want... To be delivered with big stories and lifelike graphics and incredible cliffhanging uh, cliffhanger endings are going to be coming in the form of many of their first-party IPs. What, what do you think about this review?
1: I think it's great. I, I think it's I, I think it's great to hear. You know, to see what you know what Microsoft is looking at and what they what they think uh, gamers expect halo five the best storytelling in that game came from the podcast right not in the game itself uh i feel like early 360 days gears of war really set up a great narrative they had the mad world commercial right they yeah they were doing some of this back you know back on the 360 days and they've only been playing catch-up ever since where i get a little bit like nervous is i don't want them to sway so far that we end up just getting like copies of these PlayStation games. Like I still want perfect dark to be a first person shooter. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that's the perfect dark I grew up with. They
0: said it was first person. They've already confirmed it. Yeah,
1: perfect. So that's good. That's good for me to get that. You know, I I haven't, my, (laughs) I bought a PS4 from a friend and I still have never picked it up. It's still sitting in Portland. I never went to go get it. So the, the, I had a PS three. I had a PSP. I God of war is an incredible, uh, series. I love it. Like, I love how brutal it is. I, it, I I love that, that gameplay, the last of us. I'm excited to play it, but to be honest, it doesn't really have a lot of, uh, there's not much pull there for me. I'm watching you play Titanfall. I'm an Xbox fan and I mostly play, uh, on xbox because of the shooters that's where that's that's what i love right i I, lo- I and it's the same it's the kind of entertainment i enjoy if i watch movies i want to see stuff exploding i want to see superheroes i want to see jedi you know what i'm saying like right i i i love a good story as much as the next person don't get me wrong but i also want to just jump into the action that's that's what i'm about so i'm afraid with the last of us i'm actually going to get bored that's what i'm that's what i'm worried about for me Overall, I think it's good if Xbox can have a a large spectrum of games to uh, to put out and reach m- multiple audiences and multiple uh, just to, to reach a larger audience. I th- I think it's all I think it's all good.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. I I don't think Senua's Saga is going to become what. Uh, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn is. I, I, I don't expect perfect dark to become what Uncharted is. I think what really what, what, what the, the tale that's being told here from me is one of the biggest um, things with Microsoft uh, has been the quality of graphics with their things, like with well, many of their games. Now, I, I, I like I said, I, I have to say again, I have quite enjoyed everything I've played on Microsoft. Um, I enjoyed Sunset Overdrive. I've un- uh, I enjoyed um, Quantum Break. I enjoyed a lot of their first-party games that a lot of people didn't enjoy. That you know, that felt that you know they weren't up to par. And if you feel that way, hey, good on you. The medium is another example. Is it AAA? If I could. Yeah, sure, jump in. If Absolutely. I could just
2: jump in at Josh's yeah. point, I'm so sorry. Um, but that's a, tr- a terrific point that y- you guys are making. Oftentimes they hear from Xbox folks they're like, all oh, the I don't want to I want to play games, I don't want to play movies, right? There's you know, PlayStation games are very different. Um, they are more blockbuster cinematic y. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the the vibe or what everybody's telling me. And so when you take a look at like what what defines an Xbox game? How do you balance consumers' expectations uh or Xbox consumers' expectations with the games that they're going to be making? Because they're what if it is just a what if, but like, what if, yeah, Senua is more like a horizon? What if, again, just purely speculative, no, no, whatever, but like, what if Perfect Dark's kind of like an Uncharted? Um, how how do Xbox fans react to that? I think there has to be a balance between that. I don't think what these, this internal document says is that, oh, yeah, Sandy was Horizon. I think they're analyzing what makes those games so successful mm-hmm. that we could mirror on our end. Not one for one, but saying, taking the essence <laughs> of and, and putting that in, in their games. I think that's Xbox's mentality there, but it's a balance, I think, they're going to have to Yeah, achieve. I
0: agree. I think that's a fantastic point that there ne- there needs to be a balance because I don't think Microsoft wants to make Sony games, and Sony doesn't want to make Microsoft games. They're doing their own thing in their own way. Sony had did it better in the last generation, and you, if you <clears throat> that okay everyone's entitled to their opinion um but i I think that what we're going to see based on different people being in charge phil spencer loves gaming right and he plays games that go all the way from indies like uh lost words that he that he bragged about and i I got the chance to interview the developer and founder of uh, of um, sketchbook games um and he plays triple a bombs like of course Um, Destiny 2, which has had an incredible run in the last few years. So I think what when you see reviews like this, what it tells me is that they are taking game development serious, and I think that again, I don't, I'm not suggesting that you know Xbox games are somehow going to look and feel and play identical to PlayStation Five games, but they're go- at least going to have a cinematic ap- appearance to them, something that I have personally been asking for. Uh, VJ, I, I, I'm going to come to you last because I know you're going to have a very elaborate point on. <laughs> this and i'm very interested to hear it especially when you start talking playstation games versus xbox current games but i want to go to three-bit first three-bit mm-hmm. you know as as an indie developer as someone that, that that works with multiple companies and 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 has you know done your own artwork where do you where, where do you fall with this this internal review for the last of us and how do you think it's going to impact xbox moving forward
3: to me, it's, it's really cool to to see other studios study their competitors' games. It does remind me of those mini school trip moments I would have at other studios I worked for. It and when reviewing other games or even testing their own games, you can forget you're working <laughs> at that point. If you're passionate enough about what you're doing or working on. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's... It's very awesome. Last of Us 2 is a AAA title that is extremely polished. And I think Xbox does focus on its strong suits, which is, you know, which is good. Um, but I, I think it, if you're always open to learn from someone else, that that is it's a good thing. Um, and I think um, most Xbox games that are coming out right now are first person or RPG based when they started branching out with their mini studios, um it, it's amazing that they're open to uh, learn enough from other teams and like Babbit was saying yes gamers can defend these companies and um sort of erase some of their faults to uh you know <laughs> like praise the, the brand essentially but it, it's nice to see uh, a team sort of be prof- professional and say like hey this is what we liked about it how can we uh, uh, either incorporate that in our games or um and, uh, or you know, basically internalizing your view as a company, and I think Naughty Dog does have a recipe for success, um, whether you like them or not. In um, their level and game design, there's amazing thought processes that Naughty Dog Naughty Dog does with their games. Like, how do you tell uh, a player where to go without them taking without taking them out of the experience and and their solution in certain levels was to coat some of the environments to be like yellow. And that indicates where you should go and it works sort of psy- psychologically. Um, so it's really cool to, to, to see uh, that these companies are uh, internalizing their reviews to really uh, step outside of who you are and, and potentially make something great in the future. Cause I, I think like it's, it's amazing to work on your strengths and, and, and there are reasons like, um what josh was saying like he goes more towards shooters and that's what xbox is very strong at um but sometimes it's it's good to look at what you are creating and and just be like okay um we are really strong in this area but how can we improve um otherwise you won't move as a company you're staying stagnant is is a way to lose (laughs) in in a lot of different ways and I think Microsoft is um, definitely innovating in a lot of different areas, and uh, this is just, uh, it's cool to see that this is also going on in the background (laughs) um, uh, from what we see, like Game Pass and all this other stuff, but it's cool to see that internally they are thinking about these things and and how to improve uh, overall.
0: No, that that's a fantastic point. VJ. listen, uh, as yeah, someone that has seen both sides of the coin in the business, and which is another reason why I love having you a part of this show when you when you hear the excerpts from this, and there were a lot more folks, I, I actually have uh, if you want to read the document yourself, I have it in the show notes. you just click it and you can read through it. There was a lot there was a lot revealed here. But again, this is a, a conversational podcast, so we only have so much time. I'm interested to get your opinion on how this review, makes uh, Xbox Game Studios better at their job?
4: Um... I, I sometimes hate you, Boom. You come up with such brilliant topics, and I have no idea how to tackle them because there's so many ways to come, <laughs> so many ways to come at them. Um, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, Boom, if you want to make a great game or anything really, then you have to put your ego aside and play gracefully with ideas that appear in other games. Especially if those ideas are the ones that you want to integrate into your own production. And observing is a progressive way of thinking. So anyone who was arguing with that, you know, should have their head examined. But I would say that the reviewing <clears throat> and, dare I say, <clears throat> there's probably other documents analyzing um, the games uh, um, that, they're, that they're testing um, in and amongst different studios, of um, especially competing features of games, um, and especially if it pertains to the game you're currently making. Um, it, i would say it's common practice amongst studios, and I think three bit can speak to it far better than I can right uh, and I think he did and and it's been a practice that's been around for decades and uh and that in itself is as i said it's not a new practice it's for people with inquisitive minds that want to progress that's that's really really what it's about <clears throat> but with respect to um the the last of us part two i think we were talking about um <laughs> I would really have preferred to have read the internal review for God of war twenty eighteen um, look, Naughty Dog and Santa Monica do have sort of occasional criticism or accusations thrown or leveled at them, respectively speaking. But if you're a talented young or even a, a semi-experienced dev, um, the these are, in my mind, no doubt two of the most creative, exceptional and tough schools to work at and uh, glean an education from or, or you know, ply your trade at, so to speak. The thing about Naughty Dog specifically is, um, here uh, that we 're talking about is that they are very good at executing their games and uh, especially to a, uh, uh, especially the production le- values of, of what they 're doing to a very high technical level. And they've been doing this for a very long time. It's the hallmark and makeup of the studio. And I think that's a really important thing, right? A team that's been built around actually producing this kind of content. It's not something you can easily mimic with money and talent. You need an exceptional vision holder, which I've talked about loads of times. And especially when it, you know, especially when we're talking about Halo Infinite, right? And Joseph Statton, you know, heading up the project. And <clears throat> it's not just a vision holder, but the vision holder needs the right skill set. And those are few and far between. For better or worse, this is Naughty Dog's sort of underpinning strength when it comes to their specific games. It doesn't always make for a universally popular game or bestseller, and we've seen that, right, very recently, but it does uh, garner and, uh, oh, I should say, deserve respect, right? And I'm sorry about this, I don't mean to sort of shout abuse on your show, but the video from King Thrash recently tries to get this point across, although perhaps a little intensely and not to everyone's sort of palatable or pleasant taste. We know the quote, right, uh, truth or expression as it goes, right? That's excited. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's, ex- that's existed, right, sorry, uh, since the beginning of time, right, ever since we sort of, as a human race, began drawing and painting on the inside of uh, cave walls, should I say. Uh, <laughs> art, art is an expression that comes from within. It's not easily mimicked, and great art and even poor art, depending on your disposition and your palette, will irrevocably inspire others and, and generations to come and i'm sure xbox and every dev studio for that matter that's um, that's worth you know that's worth their value disseminate and review games and, and and attain inspiration and strive to apply technical brilliance to their games where applicable but boom realistically that should only be to the degree that it's necessary or required and it's determined also by the technology that you're you're using as well and especially since it ne- some certain features or certain aspects of other games may not be as critical as other facets of your game that you have planned in order for it to do well. And <clears throat> you can't say Xbox games don't do well, right? Even though they don't ha- have some of the you know, the bells and whistles that, say, Naughty Dog games have. But you have to leverage uh, the strengths of the studio, the team, and the technology. And Xbox's stable or plethora of studios have many strings to their bows and many of which we haven't even seen yet. So I think it's early to judge this generation. And something... That would be perhaps important to you, the panel, or even the, even, the, even the chat if you're interested in this sort of thing. There are GDC conference uh, videos in abundance that exist on YouTube and they're added too frequently. And last week, I think it was added, I observed the, and listened to a video called Taking an Axe to the God of War uh, gameplay and it depicts the journey of 10 combat team members reinventing uh, gameplay for 2018's God of War doesn't matter what game you're working on it can be daunting debilitating and draining at times the the gentleman was trying to condense a, a multiple year process and talk that lasts for less than 45 minutes and there's a lot to take in t- take in and again you don't have to like god of war in order to rem- uh, sort of admire and respect um who was who was attributed to that product what went into it again <clears throat> to cement my point about key roles in studios and the difference between a good studio and a bad studio it always comes down to the vision holder, in my experience. Yeah, and and again, three bit being in the industry far more recently than me may, may have a completely different perspective, and, that, and that's fine. But Santa Monica Studios, boom, this world documented, were going nowhere, nowhere for years, right? Sony had a state of the art studio and infrastructure, 150 man team, and arguably some of the best talent in the in, in the country. But however, however, it was still aimless. Something was missing, and the puzzle was only really completed when Corey came back to to to. Yeah. And yeah. and I know this is off topic, but I think it's really relevant. I'm intrigued to see the impact Joseph Stanton will have on Halo Infinite, although we have to caveat this with the fact that he was drafted in at the back end of the project. He's been brought on to consolidate, galvanize, and heighten the quality of Halo. However, it will be really it will be important to see you know, his Midas touch, and I'm sure we're going to see signs of it uh, in the game. And, uh, and all I'm really trying to say is just not not enough just to have talented people and a plethora of studios. There's so much more to game development than just that. Hence the huge bet or investment in Todd Howard, right? And that cements my point even further, and his producers that he's hand-picked. And that was on the back of the clamor for Warner Brothers and Rocksteady Studios beforehand. I think, in closing, I think... Phil's own words encapsulate the sentiment when he said something along the lines of, "And I'm paraphrasing. We aren't afraid to take risks that don't work or don't pan out, but they want to try." And 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 that should tell you everything you really need to know in terms of where Xbox and 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 uh, and Phil and where he's leading all of his studio. And it's the nature of the beast, and it's the nature of gaming and the creative landscape for you, no matter what industry and games games industry put, put that to one side. But And this was obviously in relation to Mixer and and game development in in, in the same interview. Overall, you have to say that Xbox carries the burden of proof squarely on their shoulders, and I think that is a really powerful place to come from. Don't take that as a negative. Um, But they are surely well-placed to usher in a new and exciting year for Xbox, and especially people that subscribe to Game Pass. So no, that's that, they- I mean, g-
0: great, great points as always, and I think you're right. I, I think that um, they, they, I've said this before. I'll say it again live on the air uh, if you missed it. Uh, they have stolen uh, many pages out of uh, Sony's <clears> playbook, <throat> and uh, we have seen them do a lot of third-party deals We've seen them do a lot of second-party exclusives. This is something that Sony did extremely well early on in the PlayStation 4 generation, until they were able to get their studios to drop these quadruple A bombs like *The God of Wars, like *The Horizon Zero Dawns*, and so forth and so forth. And you know what? We're 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 seeing that actually transpire right in front of us right now. Microsoft and folks, you, you really I don't want to turn this into because I want to. Move to the next topic and i gotta catch up some of the super chats but i don't want to turn this into an xbox game pass topic but we have to understand for some for for really just take a just a step back if they are currently at 23 000, uh, 23 million subscribers do you understand they got there without any new triple a bombs <laughs> from their first party, that is a task that I don't think anyone would have thought in the summer of 2017 when they announced Xbox Game Pass that all those years later in 2021, today's date, May May 6th, that we would say with a straight face, they have 23 million subscribers, and they did that without their first party. Wait until the, the, the like I said, if if the if the for if, if the triple uh triple a uh threesome if you if you will for September, October, Number uh, N- uh, November turn out to be what I predicted as Forza... um um, uh, what the, oh my God, what's a Bethesda game? I I, I can't believe it. Yes, thank you. Starfield and Halo, back to back to back. On top of all of these second party, third party deals, and these indie games like The Ascent and uh, and many others like Scorn and Stalker Two and Tunic, and all of these games that are going to be really well received by the community going into Game Pass day and date. It's it's just it it really is a feat to be believed and it's something that none of us would have thought from 2013 you know, seeing how they really got their teeth kicked in And, uh, you know, in, in the last generation They have come back in such a way That it is an absolutely impressive But let's move on to the next topic, folks And, uh, you know, we have to talk about Our very good friend, uh, Joe, you might know Who this gentleman is, Jeffrey Grub Grub uh, From, of course, he was on the show A couple of weeks ago We got some new information uh, While he was a guest On My Brother's Podcast That's right, Lord Cognito and the Iron Lords Had Jeff uh, Grub on this week or last sunday i should say and they talked about forza horizon 5 and that it is in fact gonna be held uh and and and, uh, in mexico city and not in japan where many of the racing community including myself thought that the triple a game from playground games would take place now uh, we also got some new information from Windows Central. Jez Corden, friend of the show, he posted a tweet last week saying he wanted to visit Mexico following by a car emoji, dropping some hints that, of course, it would be going there. And now this is a quote from VentureBeats' Jeff Grubb, who stated he was tw- he was taking Spanish lessons, adding... Uh, the fact that a car goes Varum in Spanish. Of course, he meant that to be facetious. And uh, obviously, this is what Jeff had to say on the subject of uh, Forza 5. Uh, basically, he basically confirmed that it is Mexico, the setting. He says, let's start with Forza and the Mexican flag. I wonder what that means. And he joked. And then he says this, the rumor was always Japan, right? But I got some fake screenshots a long time ago that I never shared that were in Japan. And I was like, that's not real. It turned out, in fact, it wasn't. But I wasn't looking into it too hard because I'm like, well, find out when we find out. And then Jez is like, I'm going to Mexico with my car. And immediately a couple of sources are like, oh, I wonder why Jez Jez Corden is saying that. So he says this in closing. So, yeah it's going to be in Mexico city. Um, Joe, let's go to you first, brother. Listen, Forza Horizon 5, uh, Jeff Grubb had uh, predicted for he heard from a source early on this year yeah. that we would be getting a new Forza. He believed it was going to be Forza Motorsport, I mean not Motorsport, Horizon 5 instead of Motorsport. and mm-hmm. now we basically have confirmation that it is in Mexico, not in Japan. Are you excited to see where they take this groundbreaking racing series? You know me, I'm bad at
2: racers, and I particularly I'm like, you know what? Y'all enjoy them, and that's good. I'll just sit here and watch people be way better than me than I'll ever be. I I can't like I could drive in real life. I'm a really good driver, but like you, you I can't. I it's it's racers and fighters. I just can't do, but I love the horizon series because It's less about me being just absolutely (laughs) terrible at racers. And it's more about like driving through the environments. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm tired of locations being set in, you know, New York, London or Paris. So I want to see more vibrant colors. I want to see it. You'll get that in Mexico. Maybe they can even incorporate day of the dead into that exactly and you know they will right like Mm -hmm. putting those different cultures in there i would have loved to see Puerto rico that's my homeland over here Mm -hmm. Uh, i would love to see that um because that island's just absolutely dropped drafted gorgeous and colorful but like mexico awesome choice because also mexico um very popular with with X, or sorry xbox is very popular over there yes they so are so mm-hmm. it's it's a really yeah it's 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 gonna be a really awesome thing to celebrate the culture of, of mexico and and really take a uh hopefully deep and authentic look at you know the the landscape and the culture and, and celebrating it. So um, I'm really excited by this. Give me more locales that, you know, were wasn't part of the British monarch, I think is what I really want in video games mm-hmm. and seeing something that's not like, you know, in Australia again, or seeing something that's in Mexico is, is really awesome. So I, I, I want to, I, I'm actually very curious. I'll definitely try this out for a few hours, be real bad at it. <laughs> just to drive around to to, to take in the locales i think this is cool i would have loved to see the neon skyscrapers that would be like tokyo or something like that but yeah i'm not disappointed one bit awesome news And, and great again forza continues to be uh one of just the the best racing if not the no the best racing franchise at this moment so i'm excited to see what they
0: they deliver for sure yeah, no, one hundred percent. Let's uh before I get to Josh, let me catch up with some of these super chats. Uh, C Y V Studios drops a very generous two dollars super chat. Says anybody excited for Metro Exodus in four K sixty? Uh, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I downloaded it. I, well, I didn't re-download it. I moved it. Onto my hard drive, because I definitely want to take advantage of the fast loading from the SSD. Um, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to start recording some footage later on after this afternoon for Metro, because I loved it. I didn't play all of the DLC, so I'm going to try and play that and record it as well. Jimbo Jangles in the chat drops a very generous $10 of chances. says, hey, booming crew, just wanted to know what everyone's dream announcement for E3 is have a great day. And and no, Sony, uh, you don't get you don't get a cut of <laughs> Boom Super Chat. Well, thank God, Sony does not need Boom's money. My personal um, excitement that would have me literally jump out of my chair, which I'm going to be podcasting it live, would be the announcement of A New Killer Instinct or Banjo-Kazooie. Th- those are the two ones that I really, really want to see brought back in a big way. I think it's almost... Um, it's it, it's a travesty of gaming justice that we don't have either of those in, in 2021. And again, I hope Phil hears that a good uh, you know family platformer would be great. And you know what? If you can't, um, you know, I, I think there's a story we're going to talk about either tomorrow or Monday where the uh, second developer that took over for Killer Instinct said that they, in fact, want to do a, a proper sequel. So we'll see if if that comes to fruition. Um, we have Anon in the chat drops a very generous five dollars super chat and says, "It's ironic how we all love the Xbox Series X, even though the launch exclusives are minuscule compared to uh, the, the, I guess the Xbox or anything uh, other Xbox launch. Also, why now? Why no UBC support? Uh, listen, dude, I I didn't make it. We'd have to, we'd have to ask Jason Ronald that." Uh, What's which
2: UBC. But, Universal.
0: Yeah, the, the fast charging, the USB C. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought there is a USB C. No, cord. no, they don't have they don't, ha- they, don't ha- they don't have that for the, the X for some reason. Honor Jason a- Ronald, let's start that petition. Give us yeah. USB C. It's funny, I, I actually reached out to him and he, he was nice <laughs> enough to get back to me, which is pretty cool. Um, he's such a sweet dude. He's yeah, such he's, a sweet dude. Yeah, he's a definite. I'll see. I'll
2: take listen, I'll take no USB C of
0: how small, compact this the this Series X is. It really real is small. Yeah. And series yeah. S is even smaller. Like if you, I have one in the room, it's, it's, it's like it's a, nuts. It's crazy. It's stupid. It's, it's stupidly <laughs> impressive. And there's wizards, there's yeah. wizards that are working in that engineering department, man. Yeah, no doubt about that, Joe. Uh Gerald Mack at chat drops a very generous five dollar super chat and says, shout out to the panel, shout out to Boomstick, uh the uh, the James Brown of Podcast. Thank you so much for that, dude. Hardest working in show business. Thanks. I definitely appreciate that. That compliment goes a long way. Trust me when I tell you. And yeah, uh, you know what, dude? I love it. I, I love hanging out with the community and I love putting out the content. We have Shane. Joe Kowski drops a very generous $5 super chat with the dope predator avatar. I like that. That's dope. Just wants to drop a little support. Um, love the work you do keep it up unfortunately I didn't make it to the live so I'm gonna have to listen on 45 minutes behind yeah dude listen I appreciate you being here brother and uh, yeah it'll go up and video on demand as soon as we are done uh dan the man Cunningham generous friend of the show he drops an outstanding five hours of chances hey booming crew hope all is well just chiming in to show my support PS we're we're fighting Sunday, Mass Effect One, all the way. Yeah, Dan, I first of all love that you're here. Thank you so much for the generosity. But I'm gonna have to boo you because no, uh, Mass Effect Two is the GOAT, not Mass Effect One, yeah, not Mass I, Effect Three. I agree uh, <laughs> and there you go, three bit agrees. So, and, suck it, Ains. <laughs> suck it, Ains. It's the truth. You need to hear this. That's right, brother. That's right. And you know, something I can say <laughs> with a full heart. That I got the achievement that I literally jumped and almost hit my head on the ceiling. That my entire crew saved was uh, was saved in the last mission. Not one person died, nice. and I have that achievement. That is a hard achievement to get because it's a lot of big decisions you have to make. And that was on well, my third playthrough of that game, which uh, I couldn't. I could. I'm just obviously. So lot happy. of people died on my mission yeah no no i, I was I, I i i I, they were my family members i didn't want anyone to die but josh let's get your opinion on this forza horizon five not only not only is it going to mexico but we have it on good authority that it is probably releasing in 2021 around the holiday what are your thoughts on the confirmation of where you're going to be driving all of these very expensive cars
1: to be honest i I don't care where it is as long as we just get to race some more. That's it. Like, I just, I I love the series. Uh, Even I've been, even though I was like mainly Nintendo the last four years, when Horizon dropped, I stopped to play it. When three dropped, we spent the entire, like the entire holiday with family staying with us, playing those Hot Wheel tracks, you know? So I'm also curious on what is, you know, three was Hot Wheels, four was Legos. What are we going to see? What are we gonna see this time?
0: Minecraft, (laughs) Mega (laughs) Blocks, Mega Mega Blocks. I like it. Lincoln Logs, (laughs) Lincoln Logs. Holy cow! Tinker Toys. (laughs) 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 I'm old, folks Tinker Toys, even before me. Yeah, who who the heck knows? I mean, listen, this is this is exciting because obviously we do have the confirmation. No, no. I mean, obviously, if you're gonna trust anybody, you know, Jez Corden's a good a good source, but even even better than uh than that is jeff Jeffrey grubb uh he takes his uh his his job very seriously i I had a chance to talk with him privately had him on the show he was an amazing guest i think he's an amazing community member and getting the confirmation has me excited because it's been a while it's been a bit since we had a new forza either motorsport or horizon for that matter and i really want to see what they're going to be doing um anything else you'd like to add to that josh
1: I mean, again, it just it—the fact that we we may be seeing it this year—and that really does like it's it's the holiday is shaping up to be a great uh to be a great year for uh, for Xbox fans, you know. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a huge win because it's it, it it's been it, you know you guys know the exclusives have been a little scarce and and uh, that hasn't stopped me from having a great time playing my xbox but
0: no i agree i i I, you know it's funny uh, my backlog is even bigger than it's ever been and and there's no first party exclusives but and that's fine you know i mean listen i I, like i said i like right i'm i'm very addicted to second extinction uh and it had nothing to do with the fact that that team i got a chance to interview them i am i just love dropping down to the planet i like you know doing a bunch of things and i'm searching for a particular guts right now so i can have my my gatlin gun um you have flame rounds and that's i cannot wait to do that i'm I'm quite enjoying that so yeah is that an exclusive that maybe people will uh, discount because it's a double a you know game done by a team of 35 well if you do then shame on you you're missing on you're missing out on a good opportunity to play with your friends and of course you can also you know, play through single player, but let's get our three bits opinion on us. Three bit, we got the confirmation that uh, Mexico City is where we're gonna be hanging out. And uh obviously Mexico has some really gorgeous locales. Uh and again, we we're gonna get a chance to see what the next Gen Forza looks like. I think that in itself is super, super exciting. What are your thoughts on the confirmation from Jeff Grubb?
3: Yeah, I think location is definitely everything in a racing game. It's the thing that is most different looking from the outside as a racing title. When you think about like, what is the difference between Forza horizon four and like five? Um, I I think Mexico sounds pretty cool. I would have liked to see Japan this personally, uh, if I were to think about it development wise, it can, it can be actually easier to do these exterior environments in Mexico and seeing that the previous horizon games already has these amazing windows, wallpaper looking mountains and valleys, uh, That will carry over quite easily for the newer title. And when you think about Japan, you think, like, what do you think about when you think about Japan? It's like the city, right? And then the crazy amount of
0: neon lights and everything. Yes. Uh,
3: The crazy amount of neon lights. And I could see that as being a challenge. So um, while I would love to see them do a Forza in Japan, I could see it happen more so in like a DLC or or maybe, um, since this is one of the first games for their like newer next-gen titles, I would say. Um, then maybe they want to um, use this as a basis game to grow to a Japan in the future. Uh, I, I could see that happening, but either way, Mex- Mexico is great. I, I think um, they could do a lot with that. Um, th- there's a lot of amazing vistas in Mexico and a lot of changes of environments from like city to, to like, uh, it's just a, like amazing culture over there. So I think they could really spice it up with Mexico. Um, but I, I do think that's why they, they probably opted for Mexico instead of a Japan if people keep clamoring for Japan I think it's just um, it, It's it's just it's honestly easier <laughs> to do Mexico and like the exteriors and stuff like that um, But I do think because they are building upon a platform for uh, you know Forza is going to be a platform and then um, Horizon um, This one is like their new next-gen um, title then they could use this as a basis for the future for maybe so Japan in the future, guys. <laughs> I'm yeah. not holding out oh, no, I hope for that. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be great, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the game looks like. I, th- I think that we're going to get 120 uh, frames per second support, obviously, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I, I, I listen, it, it's I, I just want a new Forza. I want to see what they can bring to the table. I want to see what these consoles can do. And you really do push the boundaries with racers specifically uh, on, on new hardware. And uh, I, I'm interested to, to see what they can do. And uh, real quick, shout out to... HTK360 in the chat. Uh he says this, 400 people watching and only 157 likes. Yeah folks, what's the deal with that? Like I I mean I am not charging you secretly. Your bank account will not get charged every time you hit the like button. Come on folks, let's try and get this up to 300 before we get on out of here. We have another killer story and uh listen, I mean again, I, I I don't know. Wait, how many likes, likes and how many people watching? Hundred and fifty-seven likes, and we actually have four hundred and fifty people watching. So, guys, if you don't like this show, you're gonna get bad luck. Like, you're going to find you you're
2: gonna find a hair in your next meal that's not your own. You know, <laughs> and
0: you're
2: yeah, on over these sandwich. wise words from the And like, it's that's because you didn't like. So
0: yeah, yeah. Think about the choices.
2: Yeah. Think about the choices you're making. Think about the people you're not liking.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for that. I definitely appreciate that. But listen, folks, all, all jokes aside, um, you know, putting out these shows, I uh, you'll never hear me complain about doing the work uh, because I quite enjoy it. It's something that I look forward to doing each and every week. And now I have up to four live shows. It's not easy to do. Uh, there's, I, I, I will tell you that my game playing has literally been cut in half because of so much, you know, that you, I don't read from the phone. You know, I'm very professional. Anyone that's been on my show understands that when I send the show notes and now I've I've scaled back, like my notes are 4000 words. The the panel members, their notes are not. They they used to be. I just do bullet points. Now, there's a lot of writing that goes into this. And especially when you have to get quotes and stuff, you got to be right. So I double and triple check everything. It, it it really it, I don't think it's gonna you know uh, cost you anything out of your pocket to hit the like button, especially if you are a fan of the show, so I would definitely appreciate that. Hey, listen real quick, the Welsh gamer in the chat, Welsh, what the hell is going on, brother? We gotta get you back on the chair. Obviously, the Welsh gamer, if you don't know, he started the original he's one of the original founders with me on the Xbox Factor podcast. He drops. An outstanding $5 super chat and says, Mr. Boomstick and the amazing Xbox Factor uh, uh, podcast panel. Absolutely loving the work. Been listening on demand all week in the gym. Yeah, this guy is ripped for sure. I really miss being a part of this. Yeah, we definitely got to get you back. Your chair is still here. And, I, I you know, I, I have the uh, the cleaning folks dusted. So it, when you come to sit back in, it, it's going to be nice and pristine for you, nice and shiny. We're going to get him back here. But... Um, VJ, let's talk to you about uh, something that uh, 3Bit said really jumped off the page for me, is location is important. And I think that we have seen, um, look, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. People People in, uh, on the outside of the pond are probably going to boo me for this. I was not blown away with Forza Horizon 4's location. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. It just didn't, you know, make me like my favorite Forza is still three, and it's probably going to remain that way way for a while. I'm disappointed that it's not Japan. I'm not going to front, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But VJ, Mexico is a nice and it's a gorgeous place, a lot of open areas. It does seem like it's perfect for Forza. Are you excited to play Forza Horizon 5 in Mexico this fall? Um, just before I answer that, I was going to say, Mister uh,
4: Badbit, a hair in your next meal—I would say more like a mouse doing the backstroke in the, <laughs> in the bowl of your soup.
1: <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. I love it. <laughs>
4: um, I, I can't look. First of all, I can't speak in complete validation of um, Jeff's uh, comment um, until we hear from official sources. But l- let's assume it's completely and utterly true. Look, I think I'm with—I um, think I'm with you and with th- Three Bit. Uh, I can't deny that racing around Mexico City and on occasion sort of stopping to view the city's architecture architecture and its neighboring sort of regions and so on and so forth would be of interest. If it is indeed the setting for Forza 5, but, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm also sort of completely unaware, right, if uh, street racing culture exists in Mexico City, et cetera, and so on and so forth. So I'm not so up on that. But at the same time, I, I think I'm with you, Boom, is that I'm really wrestling with the fact that I would much I would have much sort of rather preferred exploring the cities and districts of Japan, you know, such as Osaka, Tokyo, and Kyoto, and districts like Shinjuku, Shinagara, and Akihabara. And you know, <clears throat> and most people that have been in game gaming or or are gamers, that the latter district, many of us will recognise, you know, from like sort of the imagery and photos shared on many a gaming website and um, and the magazines of the 90s um, and and throughout the last couple of decades. So. It, <sighs> Twenty years ago, you know, Akihabara, you know, was the heart of Japan, where locals and especially foreigners would go to enjoy the latest arcade machines and purchase all of the sort of their console gaming and pop culture needs, and, that, and that's why I was kind of getting attached to the to the to the sentiment that it might be set in Japan, and um, so it is from a completely selfish point of view. Um, I can't also help thinking that <clears throat> with Forza being set in Japan. And I know it's not super important, and it shouldn't be the decision that a game is sort of set upon, or a developer should make the decision based upon, but it would have had p- perhaps been a, a better tactical and, and strategic play, perhaps supporting some facet of Phil's huge plan of attack or assault on the Asian gaming landscape and the and the potential business opportunities it could generate for Microsoft and obviously for Game Pass and Xbox and so on and so forth. Forza set in Japan <clears throat> May have. May not have sort of sort of turned the tables entirely, but I guess the goodwill and the awareness Forza would have generated for Xbox and Game Pass in Japan would have been very welcome. I I, I still I don't know if you know this game, but I still very much remember the popularity of Tokyo Highway Battle on the PS2. And, oh, wow! And, and even the um, and even on the Dreamcast for that matter, along with um, uh, racing down Tokyo high streets in Metropolis Street Racer from Bizarre Creations um and um yeah I, I never quite got around to sort of expressing the project racing games that were on xbox but um really in, in terms of the topic and my limited knowledge of racing games and locations that's that's all that comes to mind
0: i mean listen again it's 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 a look i i agree with you i i, I think we're all in the same sentiment that japan would have been awesome i I've, I've been calling for this for japan for a location for even assassin's creed um you know obviously last year's stellar uh, PlayStation 4 exclusive, it was in obviously feudal Japan, it was done, it, it really should have opened the eyes for the development community of where the next uh, big game should be, and obviously they've they been working on um, Forza Horizon 5 for years, so they couldn't just pivot and say, okay, buy Mexico, Japan. I will say that I hope that both Assassin's Creed and and the next Forza Horizon, or even Forza Motorsport, for that matter. Maybe that's going to Japan. Who knows? I mean, obviously, that's a possibility, but we are not going to know until they, like you said, tell us. I do want to get to the last topic of the show, folks. This is going to bring us into the two-hour mark, and it is a big one. Um, We're going to be talking some fables folks. We got some new information Um, in the same week that we received new confirmation on Mexico City being the next location for Forza Horizon 5. We now know that Playground Games, who is currently also in development of the Fable Reboot will be in fact using the same game engine that makes Forza Horizon look so impressive. In a story that I pulled from WCCF Tech, now uh, it's been a while since we've heard anything about Fable's Reboot. Rumored ever since 2018 to be in development at Playground Games, the project was formally confirmed at the Xbox showcase last E3 during July, and we got that CG trailer, but not much is known about the Fable reboot other than it's being developed for both Windows 10 and PC and Xbox Series X and S, and that it'll be available to Xbox Game Pass subscribers day and date, just like all first-party Microsoft titles. However, a new software engineer job listing posted only a few hours ago uh, the other day By Turn 10 on LinkedIn, and it does reveal that the game is being made with the Forza tech engine. Now, as far as we know, turn 10 isn't contributing to the project directly, but they do share the Forza tech engine with Playground Games, and the blurb below, which of course they're talking about the job posting, makes it clear that it's being expanded precisely to accommodate the needs of the Fable reboot. Now, obviously, they uh you know they want this to have a huge impact on the reboot which is expected to be a A title and uh, obviously the Forza tech engine is a powerful in-house engine normally used for forza motorsport but i cannot wait to see honestly what they do with the tool set to support the new open world action rpg now obviously uh joe i want to go to you first on this brother um the forza tech engine I i saw some people trying to downplay this engine as not being good enough for the fable reboot and this is where i start to say well you if you're not a developer you probably don't know what the hell you're talking about because it is a very powerful engine and we've seen many developers especially on the sony side use each other's engines that were used for one thing or another do you have any concerns about the Forza Tech engine being used for fable no, I,
2: I I love when people are like, yo, so I saw a YouTube video, ergo, <laughs> I know how to toad now, and I'm master engineer, and I know all these things. I'm not going to sit you down and say, I know these tool sets in this custom engine. I think 3-bit is the man to talk to you about yeah, that we'll get for his opinion, sure. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But what I will say, as the Sony pony in the room, is that um, oftentimes they let their own developers Create and craft their own custom engines so that they're familiar with the tech that they're making for that, that game. So I right. understand maybe people's people get a little uh, worried because they see the Dice from EA. Right, um, that being forced after the success of Battlefield on every single game, and having games like Dragon Age and and Anthem suffer because of that engine, it being hard uh, to to make because it's such a, a, a from what I understand a shooter centric engine. Now that being said, um, having a studio that has crafted their own engine. So they know what they're doing with it, they know the limitations of it, they know hopefully how to expand it. That's fine with me. That's awesome. Excellent. Go for it. Um, so it, does this excite me one way or the other? Not really. No, but it, it does give me uh confidence that playground's say, like, hey, listen, this is our tool set, we're going to start using them. But honestly, I'm I'm really I'll, I, I want to hear what 3bit has to say because I think. He's going to be the, the, the knowledge driver here, not
0: yeah. I. yeah, no, no, absolutely. And obviously, this is why we love having him on the panels. As a matter of That's fact, right. uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll come to 3-Bit in a second. Josh, I want to grab your opinion on this. Um, you, like myself, are big Fable fans, from what I understand. And uh, it has been quite, quite a many years since a new Fable. Um, and this is, this is one of those marquee titles that I consider to be a pillar for the xbox brand i mean obviously it's easy to to equate you know you got your halos your Forzers, your gears but we're going to start seeing pillars in the forms of perfect dark and avowed and uh, now fable and starfield and several others now start to really solidify the strength of these pillars that are going to hold up the xbox brand do you have any personal concerns knowing what they've been able to do with the forza tech engine in the past being used for fable i mean it's fable cart confirmed right at this yes part. fable cart confirmed <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i'm all about it now like like kind of like Badbit said like it, these people know what they're doing right like if it's if it's gonna help the game, they, they if if it wasn't gonna help the game, they wouldn't be doing it. So I, I don't I don't really have any concerns at all as far as the the engine goes. Uh, I'm concerned overall with Fable, like I am with all of Microsoft's major IPs. I feel like this is the generation that they need to prove themselves, and Fable, in in my opinion, kind of progressively went downhill. Right, the first game was like, like so great. Two was was pretty good, and then three, I just I didn't even feel like finishing it, you know. So, I'm from my perspective anyway. Real I talk,
2: just, you're better for it. Uh, three was abysmal. Three, three was it tough hurt to finish. my soul. It, it was my to fox is in that game, and it's uh, it it's it, oh. As yeah. a fable fan myself, Josh hurts
1: yeah and i would i mean look if xbox could do what nintendo did with breath of the wild with fable i'm not saying copy it by any means but i'm saying bring that amount of buzz bring that amount of hype with a fantasy third person rpg adventure that's that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for that's what i want to see from uh from fable
0: yeah, I mean, I, listen, w- we we got a CG trailer. Obviously, it it it, it told enough in the, in the few minutes that, of the trailer what we're going to be getting. That a lot of the the humor is not going to be lost on the franchise. Zemi, um, mean, if you're listening, brother, you still will probably be able to kick chickens. Not a fan of that. Um, and, I, as and some of the yeah, yeah 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 we do definitely we definitely miss him for sure. Uh I mean I, again, you want to hear Zemi uh tell uh, tell his tales about being afraid of everything, you can tune on Tuesdays Xbox Factor podcast where he is currently residing as we speak, but um I I want to know uh what 3bit has to say on this because he is the uh the professional in the room, 3bit Obviously, um, I don't know if you had a chance to work with the Forza Tech engine or you didn't. I mean, I I don't know if you can even suggest, you know, even say it publicly whether you did or you're not. But do you have any concerns that they're going to adopt the Forza Tech engine for Fable the reboot? No, I don't don't have any
3: concerns. I, I think when people think about um engines and they they pretty much, um, let's say the forza engine like oh that that can only do cars that can only do x y and z and and people sort of think about uh games as like only good for that that specific genre um but the the forza engine is actually it's very incredible Uh, I, i remember um seeing one of the artists who created the frog uh, that you've seen in the CG trailer, is he right. basically um, said on his art station page that this is pretty much what the actual game is aiming to look like. So if you're looking to see what the style of Fable is um, and, and you want to go ahead and, and analyze that trailer, because that is pretty much what they're aiming for in terms of fidelity um, and, and some of the new features in the Forza engine. Um, is, is the ray tracing uh, and the technology of the Forza engine between the physics, the AI, and the streaming technology with its open environments is is, is really good. Um, so I know they, they've had proof of concepts in the past for their open world streaming technology and basically making it better, uh, like as, as you see mountains in, in the in the background without like hindering performance and you can actually reach those areas, right? That's always the new thing in games like uh if you see it then you can reach it (laughs) and and, um that that was like a huge thing in like breath of the wild and and stuff like that um but they they are really wanting to amp that up even further and i know they they've definitely talked about some of their restrictions for um uh for forza which is why they they want to upgrade their engine like they want to upgrade their engine for um the reasons like where the environments that you do see in the background, they can just pump more detail <laughs> into your, your environments, right? Um, and you already know they're, they're going to want to use DX12, uh, which delivers other features, which is pretty much just the ray tracing and, and, um, and uh, so whatever else <laughs> they want to add from the RDNA 2 kit. And without getting too nerdy there, it's basically just your games will look better. <laughs> Your games will look better, it look shinier, and the lighting is, is what is pretty much the the, the major difference in RDNA 2 um, just making it easier for the developers so that us as gamers get a better experience. And sometimes we don't even know why. Like, wow, that looks that looks better. I, I don't know why, but it looks looks good, and that's that's pretty much what they're aiming for. Um I think the Forza Tech engine is uh what they're building upon for the future is just, just better optimization. It, and it's like with Unreal Engine 4 to 5, the difference is it's easier for the developers. Like it's easier for the developers to give you um, uh, better looking environments, but also have a pipeline that is easier for them to develop more Forza games in the future. So it, Basically, what's different in Unreal Engine 5, um, when you've seen, you guys have seen the demo, right? She's like Mm -hmm. jumping through the environments and and stuff like that, uh, which is very impressive. Um, But one thing they did mention in that demo, which uh, I'm pretty sure Forza is also aiming for, is that they are able to have these millions of polygons, uh, and these really detailed rocks, without an hindrance on performance, and that's what developers are always battling with. They're always battling with um, making sure not only that the levels detailed, but that's actually playable. So when you're upgrading an engine, you're just making sure that um, it's playable. We really know that Forza looks gorgeous. That's not the problem, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, like the graphics for Forza. Um, and the lighting is just, it's, it's top notch. It looks real. Like you, you some of the, um, uh, like you could take a screenshot in horizon, sort of f- like a uh, fool, some people, <laughs> if, if, you know, take away the HUD and, and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's, it, your engine doesn't really determine the genre for a game. Like you can have, uh, unreal engine do all types of genres, first person, third person racing um, it does not matter. It's, it's all about the, the tools that you're given. And I, I think um, Forza Horizon or, or the Forza tech engine is 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 very impressive in terms of the lighting is it's just it's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I,
0: I think it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I, actually, it. I didn't even know about the, uh, the 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 frog potentially being what the game looks like. I, I did not even see that interview with that, uh, you know, uh, you know, regarding the artist. And if, if, if Fable, uh, the reboot does look like that frog, and that's what the game looks like. We are in for a real treat in regards to lifelike graphics that you see. And people have been asking for, on the PlayStation side for years. So I'm very excited even more so. I'm a huge Fable fan. I've played through the original multiple times, the uh, the HD remake of the original. I played through. I really enjoyed it. I like really enjoyed to I played through that multiple times. Three, I beat it. I just wasn't as um um happy to play play through it there there were a lot of big decisions made that made it not my favorite of the fables for sure but um i want to get to vj but vj before i get to your brother sherman jacobs in the chat drops a very generous two dollars of chat and says might hot wheels unleash launch into game pass well you know what i hope so because the deluxe edition is a hundred bucks and i really like that game but i don't want to buy it on the the CG trailer. I want to see what that game actually looks like because I'm a huge, uh, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're a kid, you probably played with uh, Hot Wheels or, or Matchbox, at least as you were a kid. And um, I would love to play a, Ma- a Hot Wheels game for sure. We have Acute Perspective PJ drops a very generous five dollars of chat and says, Ubisoft has announced today a uh, new free to play division game called Heartland. It's coming in 2021 2022, and beta testing registration starts today. I just registered. Yeah, I'm going to. I just saw that pop up. Of course, I'm a huge division uh, nerd. I, I love it. And um, I'm definitely going to find out what Heartland is. I hope they can show uh exactly what the game is and you know what perspective oh. is the third person I, I'm, I'm very interested to see but vj let's get your final opinion on it and we'll get everyone out of here um yeah. you know we have a lot of we have some information on fable i think the biggest one is the engine being used and that is the forza tech engine and quite frankly the forza games uh d- do not disappoint when it comes to graphics so i think that we're in for a real treat what are your thoughts on this confirmation um, look, from
4: I just want to speak to a little bit to what uh, 3-Bit was saying, if that's okay. Sure,
0: um, absolutely.
4: And um, look, uh, from what he's saying, and uh, it's a shame I had to go after him this time. <laughs> 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 um, it makes complete enough sense to work with something the studio is already familiar with. Um, you only have to look at cross-up um guerrilla games right we have short memories who successfully transitioned their tool set for kill zone in order to create what was it horizon zero dawn um and there's a there's a no clip documentary on youtube if you're interested and it will clear up any misconceptions and especially low rent opinions um
2: yeah. no um, clips excellent Continue, yeah sorry.
4: Deathloop and god of war 2018 i think are very relevant and potent um examples as well and um and to, to what um Three Bit was saying, Unreal was uh, was usually, you know, only considered to be applied to games which were either FPS or over the shoulder shooters. But look at what Bend achieved with Days Gone. Look, I'm I'm not a technical person by any stretch of the imagination. However, you know, so the viewpoints I'm giving are completely from a layman's perspective and it's and it's better the devil you know, and let's um, evolve the Forza uh, Forza engine. That would be my take, and that would be my position, right? Unless someone could kick the tires of my suggestion. If I was in that studio, to make me think differently, and that's what that's what good studios. That's what you know. They have these debates. They have these discussions. They they do the feasibility studies, and. You know, and I'm sure that you know a studio. Um, and I'm in agreement with you, not that only that uh, boom, that not only as a fable, a pillar of um, the Xbox standout games, but I think PGG P- PGG is one of the most outstanding studios Microsoft has on its roster. And um, yeah, and I, I think they'll definitely be able to create fable with it. Look, fr- from a completely selfish point of view, I would like them to spend the appropriate amount of time uh with whatever sort of technical technical direction that they take in order to take advantage and leverage the capability of the series x and the s i think regardless of what tool set what engine what third-party tools they use it's it's irrelevant we just want to see what the what the system can do and it's all about how much they can engage our imaginations and nothing comes more imagine nothing i've seen so far on the horizon from any company is more imaginatively engaging than fable and um, and you can cry foul and call me out on it, but just hey, that's just my opinion. And no doubt, PGG will either develop you know the required tools in house. I think as as Freebit was alluding to, or purchase third party tools. And for everything, I think that a third person sort of free roaming combat driven action adventure narrative driven RPG requires. And there's so many of them out of there. Again, going back to uh, the first topic or second topic that we were discussing in terms of, you know, Xbox reviewing sort of new Naughty Dog games and so on and so forth, there's so many good RPG and so many good games out there, let alone, you know, the, the first three or four Fable games that are already on play. And um, a lot of material there for PGG to glean and, uh, ideas from. Look, <clears throat> I've played Forza and it was the first game I think I pretty much played when I got my Series X last November, 17th, so November to be precise. And I played Forza exactly for this reason. I think I mentioned it on the show, Boom, as to why I looked at Forza first and what I gleaned from that and as to how and what the studio needs to do in order to transition across to making Fable. And Forza is impressive, and i will only and It'd be really sorry. it be. I've got a bit of a frog in my throat, so I'm having trouble to get my words out. But it'd be really interesting to see how PGG transform themselves into a team studio, capable of delivering a game close close to the sort of the promise and intent of the trailer that they presented us with. And I think that that would make for another fantastic no clip documentary. And I really hope they do it. It'll be fantastic to watch, <laughs> wouldn't it? And, yeah. and you've got the same situation with Rare. You know, with Everwild, right? In the same boat, and no sea of thieves, pun intended. Actually, it was. There is a there is a lot of talk surrounding PGG and what they're working on. If indeed it's Forza 5, then I think Fable is a little way or a long way out. My other concern is that with the with Forza coming so soon, because a lot of people are saying it's this year is this year, I, I actually thought Motorsport was announced for this year and Forza perhaps later. Or if it's indeed being developed in parallel by PGG and and hasn't or hasn't how has or hasn't been outsourced, then the question for me is releasing the game this early on in the generation, will it and this is again talking to three bits point, will it indeed leverage the Series X anywhere near its potential? Um and, and I'm happy for people to say otherwise, right? I'm not I'm not a developer by any stretch of the imagination, not these days anyway. And and the thing for me is that I'm seeing that, you know, games like Resident Evil 7 to Resident Evil 8, uh, not a huge team by any stretch of the imagination. And then you look at Team Cherry, right, in terms of Hollow Knight and producing Silk Song. they've both taken about four and a half years, give or take, uh, to produce these, these sequels, or in, in Team Cherry's case, the, the second game from Team Cherry. So I'm hoping that Forza is given that ample amount of time to really show what the studio can do, because I go back to this key point again, boom, it's a pillar uh, of a studio um, in terms of the in terms of the position in Xbox's studio roster and in terms of an IP, right? We want it to be, be both of them to be the best that they can possibly be. And inwardly looking for me, and I know this is selfish, but it's all about fable and uh, unavowed and whenever Starfield decides to show up. As I've said before, two game studios in full production is risky and the best of times. Focus talent executing one project to a really high level. And as I, as I say, I just hope it's fable. I, I say this since so many people still play of 4 and have no complaints boom. And let's be honest, there's an embarrassment of Richard when it comes to content. I mean, people are telling me they cannot get through the content. So what does that tell you, right? And there must have been a strategic motive behind delivering some much content for fours of four to keep the interest high maybe in anticipation that fours of five may be a little bit f- further out than we anticipate mm-hmm. but there's plenty of legs left in fours of four so roll on fable and I for one would like to see you know uh, e3 if at all feasible and I don't want to uh, that to impede or interrupt the development process which Fibit will tell you demos and trailers do that exact thing when it comes to producing something in, you know, in the middle of a development process. So that's everything for me. Thank you.
0: No, no, no. Great stuff. As always, I uh, listen, I don't know what we're going to get at E3. As a matter of fact, as we get closer to the end of the month, we're going to start talking E3. Uh, we're going to have a prediction show. Um, FYI, uh, I'm going to be doing five. That that, w- that week is going to be five plus uh, live shows uh, Monday through Friday coverage of what's happening at E3 through the, you know, through, primetime gaming both xbox shows and uh, and and of course um the uh, breakfast of boom that wednesday show will probably be, uh, a double barrel gaming presents of sorts so we're gonna have it's gonna be very busy and we're gonna have every we're gonna have you covered if you subscribe to this channel and of course when the microsoft does, you see my driving is awful i hate these cars this is the worst vehicle in the game. I mean, I can't, I cannot drive this to save my life. You see, look, look at the look at this.
2: Here's the thing. Here's the it's, thing, boom it's, Some it's, people they're like, I'm only gonna get the pristine content. No, 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 not you. You're like, uh-uh. I'm keeping it real, 110. <laughs> and that's what I admire. It's the
0: blemishes that I love. You know? <laughs> yeah. This is this Beautiful. is awful. This is this is awful driving in the way. I mean, last last place driving, and I deserve it. This this car is so difficult to Dude, drive. It looks. It it looks-, looks Hard to so,
2: drive. It looks so stupid. It's like, 30%. what's that?
0: Do- what's those like? What's that? A glider up top <laughs> <laughs> looks
2: dumb.
0: <laughs> oh my god! But listen, people folks, drive
2: these in real life. Ugh.
0: Yeah, they, they actually do have them. They're sprint cars, and I would kill myself driving them for sure. Uh, real quick, dev tech in the chat drops a very generous five hour super chat and says, Most people forget that the Unreal Engine was originated out of the game Unreal Tournament and FPS. Uh, And look how versatile it is now. Yeah, it's it's epic spread and butter, dude. And I cannot wait to see uh, what uh, a lot of these studios use with the Unreal Engine 5. That's going to be really something. But, folks, this has been a fantastic show. Hopefully, you enjoyed your near two hours. And, uh, obviously, want to thank all of the Super Chats that continue to come in, folks. It is a big help, more than you know. And, you know, I'll throw this out there, shameless plug. Um, we, and I say we, Mrs. Boomstick and I have decided that once we get to 10,000 subs, and we're close, we're at almost, I think, 8,300 now, we're doing two monster giveaways and all you have to do is subscribe to the channel no no membership no f- super chats simply be a subscriber to double barrel gaming we're giving away one grand prize the xbox series x with a year of xbox game pass and the runner-up prize no slouch is an xbox series s with a year of game pass and all you have to do is subscribe so if you are new to the channel obviously subscribe for the content because i think what i do is is really good stuff and i think you definitely appreciate it if you you know stick around but obviously your sub might may snatch you a brand new next gen xbox whether that's the x or the s and as soon as we hit 10,000 subs i will do those giveaways but let's get to the outros and we'll start with our very special guest n64 josh first of all brother welcome i'm glad that you were able to come back obviously this is not the last time we're going to have you on the show did you enjoy yourself and tell everyone about where they could reach out to you on social media, but more importantly, subscribe to your YouTube
1: channel. First, I'm just gonna let you know I'm gonna probably create about 2,500 YouTube accounts and <laughs> get you to ten, get you 10 I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, you guys can find me everywhere at n64 Josh. Um, I do. I do Nintendo and Xbox content. I have the Nintendo Powercast, which is a podcast you can find on YouTube and all the places. And uh, I've recently started the Xbox Now. A brand, which is podcasts, YouTube videos, and articles at xboxnow.tv.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, that definitely we're definitely going to help uh, you know, push that show. Love what you're doing over there and of course positively, uh, positivity reigns Supreme Joe. We got to get you yeah. to get people to check out what you did uh yesterday with Greg Miller. I hope you get a million views on that. You deserve it. That is a big big get. Love the fact that Greg Miller, who is very very influential in the industry, took the time to hang out with you and Kyle. Tell everyone where they can check that out and more importantly where they could subscribe to check out your content from the trophy room. I gotta say this driving a hell of a lot better. This is,
2: this, um, yeah, see, this is, this is, this is,
0: this is first place driving, right? Yeah. Here. This is You'll first see. place driving for sure. You're
2: going to catch it. We're going to get, you're going to take this. Um, yeah, you can find the Trophy Room over on YouTube. The Trophy Room show, the video version. We had Greg Miller on. We talked about the future of PlayStation and where it's going alongside Xbox. We talk about the cross-play uh, shenanigans that happened uh, because of the Apple documents. We talk about, uh, and Greg Miller does crush my hopes live about not getting a Sunset Overdrive too, all that and more. Over on the Trophy Room, you can find uh, the Trophy Room podcast wherever you find a podcast service of your liking, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We are on everything, and last but not leastly, I would be nothing without my co-host Kyle Stevenson. Yeah, this man, I I've been getting bombarded with text messages with with DMs and all such throughout this episode, and I keep I keep going back to Kyle and just linking everything to him um he's amazing he does not get enough love he is the soul of the show he is literally the heart of the show um every time every time there's a crossroads he's always my voice of reason so shout out to Kyle it's because of him all this stuff happened again Find the show wherever you find your <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we definitely then, got to
0: get Kyle on uh, one of the programs, Joe. Yeah, mm-hmm. we definitely got to get him on Breakfast at Boom or Prime Time, But I think preferably uh, Breakfast of Boom simply because you, you obviously will be there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he'll feel more comfortable to jump on because obviously, you know, you guys work together. So I'll, I'll reach out to him privately Absolutely. and see if we can get him to, uh, you know, get on the show as a guest. Three-bit, uh, uh, why don't we get you on out of here? Tell everyone where they can check out. Your YouTube channel. More importantly, what other programs are you on, and what else you got going on in the community?
3: sure uh always good seeing you and 64 josh welcome to the xbox community community and good seeing you on these shows joe congrats on talking with greg miller i'm a fan of him so i'll definitely have to check that show out that Bro, sounds like a
2: special. you should see the intro is so fast i'm so nervous in the first five minutes it's like <laughs> hi welcome to the trophy room i'm your host joseph and home, shit i'm having a panic attack <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's hilarious! Yeah, I definitely got to check that out. But congrats, you That's that's awesome, VJ. You you. you made so many great points at the end there. I definitely had to bite my tongue jumping in on some of those topics. Always love talking tech, and and boom, always putting together these amazing shows. It's always a blast. Um, You all can follow me on Twitter at the VGHD. My YouTube channel is the Video Games HD. I'll be on Fun Pop tonight. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern where we discuss comics and Xbox Ultimate, a fun group of uh, awesome people over there every Friday at 9 p.m. And uh, lastly I'm on this other show called Noobs and Pros uh, occasionally, oh, nice. when, I, when I can jump on there. Nice, <laughs> um, nice. And that, that's been fun. They're just We just talk games. There's no fan war stuff going on. We literally just, just discuss and have a good
0: time. So uh, you guys can find me on those shows and I will see you guys on the next one. You forgot to mention one particular show, which of course, both Caitlin and Maver in the chat. And we want to thank them for being here. Of course, my brother from another Pong Soul is there as well. You are oh, a yeah. part of... Of the Xbox Ultimate Podcast Friday evenings <laughs> at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also got to give my brother from another Pang Soul a shout out. He is doing a Saturday morning podcast yes. at 10 a.m. Ooh, Eastern Standard kid. Time. <laughs> yeah, I mean a boo 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 poor Pang Soul. Is that kid, that kid's a gentleman? And I say kid because <laughs> he's just as old as I am, but he looks like a fantastic looking dude. Um, but yeah, listen, check out their shows, folks. These are these are newer content creators. I, I really want to see the community get behind them because of their work. Their work ethic is strong. They, they power what it, what it means to be community. I, I think we don't support the smaller folks enough that put community first, and they're both doing a great job of doing that. So get over there and subscribe to their channels. And Vijay, once again, the literal arts that you bring to each and every podcast is just amazing. And, of course, the smartest man on the <laughs> panel. Tell everyone, VJ where they can reach out to you on social media and potentially be hit with a dictionary.
4: <laughs> yeah, the smartest man who's got a frog in his throat and can't get his words out today. So I'm really, really sorry about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I just wanted to mention that uh, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, the indie gamer and Luke Steel uh, will be joined live by none other than uh, Leith, uh, who represents Team Cherry uh, of Hollow Knight fame. Oh, and, uh,
0: very nice, dude. And
4: Mongoose Rodeo, whose upcoming game, Crow Swarm, looks to be have well looks have some real potential. Um, if you're a fan of any of the above, it should be a very special interview because uh, yeah. you know I'm a huge Hollow Knight fan, and uh, yeah, I couldn't get off it for about two weeks. Um, I'm not sure if inviting me onto the panel was a good idea, but I am honoured and grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> we'll do my best. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, Boom. Thanks everyone on the panel and in the chat, and um, hopefully I'll uh, feel a little bit better next week.
0: Yeah, it we'll weird. we'll get you back uh, to the full strength next week. You did great as always. I want to thank everybody that tuned out, tuned tuned out, tuned in for today's podcast. Of course, I want to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you, and it's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And I think now more than ever, it's super important. He said, "Son, treat others how you want to be treated, and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're gonna have." an awesome day, so take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episodes of the Xbox Factor Podcast.